Normally, one-on-one with Mike on Mondays is going to be just that. And today, I thought I'd do something a little different. We're bringing over colleague and friend Tyler LaFlock, who is a personal trainer and men's coach. You will recognize him from past episodes of The Path. And today, we chop it up on the topic of discomfort. But more importantly, how can we develop a relationship with discomfort, with being uncomfortable, when there's chaos inside of us, when there's chaos around us? And rather than collapsing, how can we stay heart-opened in the midst of those uncomfortable situations. You're going to walk away understanding how to create a deeper level of safety within ourselves, how to improve communication, give yourself permission, develop more and higher levels of awareness. This is a fire, short and sweet episode with myself and Tyler LaFlock. Let's go. You got your coffee? Yes. Cheers, brother. I'm out of breath. (laughs) (sighs) Cheers. Cheers, Salute. Salute. Mm. Ah, that's good. Mm, 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 mm. It's buttery mm. smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I like it with a lot of butter. <laughs> How much butter do you guys go through at your house on a day-to-day basis? I would say minimum three quarters of a stick. Now a stick like one of those. Yeah, I would say like a bacon, like like stick. a bacon. Yeah, th- yeah. Those, those I don't even know if they qualify as sticks. I'm like uh, uh, the carry golds <laughs> or the double sticks. I guess that's like what I associate. Yeah, easily, easily, almost one stick a day yeah. for sure. Butter is a very important food group. If uh, like there's an alarm that goes off in our house when it's not even when the butter's out, it's like when there's one stick left. It's like oh shit, like we're making trips to the grocery store immediately. Well, there's few foods or few things that I think I have a similar experience with. Coffee, butter, which are like husband and wife, in the, <laughs> you know, in the realm of the kitchen. Um, I don't know. What else, what else would you say are absolute essentials that if they were missing, you would notice a distinct impact? Oh, man. Ugh. Hit those. Uh, tea for me. Is a big one. Really? I lo- yeah. T- I love I love having some good bedtime tea at night. So if I'm out of bedtime tea, it's a real <laughs> shot. It's a real shot to my to my nighttime ritual. So if I'm missing my cozy bedtime tea, it's a yeah, I'm I'm immediately going and not at night, but the next day I'm gonna go pick up some bedtime tea. Make sure I'm nice and cozy. This is yogi. Yogi. Yogi tea. Oh, mm-hmm. Gotta throw it up for the yoga. <laughs> uh cool, brother. Well, Today, this has nothing to do with what we just talked about in (laughs) relationship to butter. But uh, you and I have had multiple conversations on the topic of discomfort Mm. and how important it is for men and, and I'll argue to say all people in this world to become friends with or at least look at their relationship with discomfort. So I'm curious, how have you seen discomfort the relationship to discomfort, and more importantly, how we and people collapse in the face of discomfort often. What comes up for you? So the first thing that comes up is excuses as a way to give ourselves out. There's stories of not feeling capable. Uh, So there's the stories of this thing comes up, and uh, you know this isn't possible for me, or this I'm not capable of doing this, uh, and the excuses and the outs that we give ourselves in that discomfort. So for me, there's um, there's a piece that's missing when that 
challenging task comes up, if you haven't built a muscle that you can work through it, then there's going to be excuses. You're just going to give yourself a way out. Um, and if you're looking to ultimately build a life that you want, if you're succumbing to those challenges, if you're um, unable to make your way through it, it's going to make making a. It's going to make the 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 dream of your life, the way you envision your life, want to be. It's going to make it. You know, I, I don't see it becoming a reality if that's your relationship to discomfort. Mm, totally hear you. And when you were sharing that, one of the things that at least that I noticed within myself and notice in other men and women in the world is like the actual physical, like the physical consequence of collapsing mm. in discomfort. And so whether it's excuses or like I just picture myself and people literally's posture changing. So their heart closing down. Because uh, you can shut down, like when we collapse, like you could also say we shut down. Mm. And we can shut down mentally, we can shut down emotionally, we can shut down physically, we can shut down uh, spiritually. And in that regard, in collapsing, like we are actually uh, making or becoming and making ourselves small. Yeah. And as a response to that or as a reaction to that, one of the first things that many of us do is we make excuses mm. or we hide or we don't want to look at it or we want to rationalize it. We want to make it okay. Yeah. And so I think it's important to note that this collapsing or shutting down, uh, it can show up in multiple different ways. And I think based off of the situation and then how we each have developed a path of facilitation mm. to kind of respond or react to these things, uh, we all do it. It's a part, just a natural part of being human. And when we can become aware of how we shut down or how we collapse, then we can start being more honest with ourselves in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in the last part, the excuses, it's you're, it's easier to lie to yourself in, the, in that way. And I love what you're saying about the contracting because for me, it starts as a sensation, a sensation that is overwhelming or you're unwilling to feel and there's a story wrapped around that sensation. So when you can begin to bring awareness to how your body reacts, um, it pulls you out of the story a little bit and that might give you some more tools to help navigate through that discomfort. So when I, for me, when I can focus on the sensations that I'm feeling, it drops me out of my head back into my body body and I can better um, manage might not be the right word, but better navigate and uh, find my find my flow around it. Um, and yeah, and the the honesty piece is is really big. Um, and that speaks to integrity, right? Um, so if you're if you're unable to be it, it might be an unconscious uh, element to it where you don't even realize that uh, that there's some withholding or uh, inability to to be honest with yourself or to um, to step into it or to realize that you're that you're you know unwilling to look at that thing or be with that thing and uh, yeah so I, I like what you're going with the uh, the distraction piece and the 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 integrity piece and the honesty piece around it that's really important mm. when you said sensation what lit up right away for me was you know, feelings for sure, uh, but sensations especially, 
like they offer a beautiful bridge to the past. Mm. And so if we can ask ourselves in these moments of contraction or in these moments when we want to collapse and we can tune into the actual physical sensation, whether it's like a, a knot in my stomach or heat in my chest or tingling or whatever the sensation is, and then basically be introspective and reflect on is there a time in the past where this that this sensation reminds me of? Mm. Can I recall the last time feeling this knot or the earliest memories? Because so much of the reason why we collapse, like you said, the unconscious, like we're there's definitely plenty that we are aware of, but by and large, so much of the interactions, our habits, our patterns, all of that stuff is driven by our unconscious mind. And so when we're looking at sensations, those can be such a really cool mm. bridge to the past that we can kind of like shed uh, a light or illuminate essentially something that we may have forgotten or had no idea. So if you notice a feeling or a sensation you want to collapse, one of the first things that I would invite someone to do is, you know, reflect on, is there an early memory or what is the, what is another memory from the past that reminds me of this? Mm. And I'm curious for you in that regard, whether it's a sensation or not, but is there an area of your life or an example that you can give of when you've observed and or felt yourself collapse mm. and how you've navigated moving through it for better or for worse. Yeah. And I would say, uh, what I'm going to bring up is I'm still working through it. So for me, a big one is having challenging conversations where I perceive there may be tension or an argument or conflict coming up. So for me in those situations, the contraction piece is, is, a, a big habit or pattern for me is I, and the, I love what you said about being small. I actually make myself smaller. Um, and the lying piece is big too, because there's a lying to myself that this doesn't even matter. Why do, Why am I even going to try to make a stand for my beliefs? I'd rather just, you know, squash it. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whatever I need to say to make you, uh, feel for, for the amount of tension in this conversation to be over whatever I have to do to, to make that. So for me, navigating challenging conversations or perceived challenging conversations, I notice myself freeze up in the past. I notice myself, uh, yeah, just, just shut down and unwilling to say anything because I'm so afraid of saying the wrong thing. Uh, so it's, yeah, there's fear of saying the wrong thing, making myself small. So there's a whole bunch of different patterns and habits around, uh, interacting with somebody and, uh, the fear around ultimately being rejected, right? I feel like if we peel, peel back the roots, get to the root of it, it's this ultimate fear that this person is going to reject me. Um, so how do I make myself feel safe? I'll just make myself small and then allow you to, to basically, um, you, you know, feel like you're getting your way in some way. So the way that um, that's how it's shown up and how I've navigated it is um, first just being introspective and, and having awareness of that pattern. Uh, breath has been really key because I notice when I get uh, high and tight and that contraction, if I can breathe and then send that breath back down, I have more access, I'm more open uh, I'm softening, uh, the, so that collapsing and making myself small, I now have more access. Uh, so those have been really, um, really crucial. Uh, things like nonviolent communication, um, 
that's been really big and to be able to identify what are my needs? How do we both get our needs met? Uh, so even setting up containers where we're specifically going to have a challenging conversation, <laughs> that's been really big. Um, that way we're, we're both coming into it knowing that we have our best interests at heart. Uh, and yeah, things might get a little bit you know, off the rails or they might get heated. And we, we return knowing that this is, this, you know, this is coming from love. Like I wouldn't be bringing this to your attention if this wasn't you know, a need of mine or where some boundary was crossed. So uh, the more reps I've gotten that, and I do that with my partner, Dominique, the more reps I've gotten at that, it has a way of, of trickling into other conversations uh, that, I've, that, you know, that I've had as well. So um, those would be a few uh, ways that I've noticed myself improve in those situations and still very much a work in progress in, in being able to navigate it completely smoothly. Yeah, something that I've observed in you and Dominique that you do really well, and also I've shared this with you, like you've inspired Lauren and I, is you guys are so uh, intentional with how you carve out time for actual rituals with each other or like we call them like uh, board meetings. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's like once a week you on Sundays, like you guys are very, like you've taken it at the initiative, the initiatory step to create regular space to where whether it's once a week, you guys connect and have like a catch up conversation or what's left unsaid or what are the goals? What are the needs? What's being met? What's the relationship doing well? Where do you need to improve? And I think what I really like about that is while it can be really, I think powerful to engage in uncomfortable or challenging conversations and stepping into that and making time for that. What I observe within you guys and then what Lauren and I strive to do as well is getting in, like you said, those reps more regular so that it doesn't like... If you only check in with each other every six months or you only practice these reps when there is this big fucking problem going on, yeah, of course it's going to be even harder because you're just uh, the facilitation towards collapsing, towards shutting down, to wanting to escape, to flight, fight, freeze, facade, all of those things to put on a mask. And like I heard you say earlier too around like contorting yourself to become what you think the other person wants you to be. Mm. Like those things all happen. However, like the necessary step in these sort of prerequisites in this thing is creating the safety and just practicing honest communication. Mm -hmm. And so that's just something I want to acknowledge because I've seen you guys do it. You do it regularly. We do our best to do it. And it makes having those conversations that are more challenging that much more easy when you just practice safe space and getting reps. Yeah, safety, 100%. That's where the breath comes in. Mm -hmm. To me, like safety and breath go hand in hand. Um, and yeah, if you're if you if you let this tension continue to build and build and build, it's like you've just created such a, a monster. And there's so many layers that you're ultimately going to have to unpack and get through to get to the actual like meat of what's underneath. Um, what's coming up for me is I was just listening yesterday. Um, John Gottman, he wrote the book, uh, Five Love Languages. Okay. So I imagine you're familiar with that. Um, and he talks about bids for attention. Uh, so 
a lot of us in relationship, we think about grand gestures, like what are we going to do for Valentine's Day, birthdays, trying to get those things right, where the focus and aim, especially around this one thing, which is a bid for attention, which would be Lauren being like, hey, Mike, check out this article I just saw. Or hey, Mike, like look outside. Or, mm-hmm. or hey, Mike, come look at Luca. That would be a bid for attention. And if you actually take the time to acknowledge what Lauren has said, or, you know, you know, you might be whatever, like working, things like that. But if you can take the time and just first acknowledge her and her bid for attention, that is going to be so much more of a um, speaking to the health of the relationship. Those who acknowledge bids for attention have a way more higher success rate in the long-term health of the relationship. So I think that's that kind of correlates or links up with... Um, you know, rather than like have it build up and try to make up for it in this regard, right? It's the it's the small things that we do day in day out, um, and chunking things down and making it manageable. And and you know, I don't when I step into the gym, I don't immediately throw three fifteen on the bar, right? <laughs> I have the bar and I warm up, right? So it's just it's just you know, it's a lot of the times it isn't uh, it isn't the thing; it's the dosage or the intensity. Right. So finding and, and ways to, you know, find the right dosage, find the right resist level of resistance, so you can begin to build to that. Oh, I love that, man. I love that. And and this theme of discomfort, as we were sharing earlier, it can apply to every aspect of life, you know, our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to our family, our intimate partners, our work, uh, our health. All of those things can be windows into opportunities for us to engage with discomfort in a productive and intentional way and practice, uh, I don't want to say maybe not collapsing, but practicing like staying heart opened in the discomfort and noticing when we do want to collapse or when we do collapse and amidst that challenge, amidst that discomfort, can we still relax in it? And you know, another area, at least within my own life, uh, that I recall very, very clearly, it's happened a few times in life, but in major transitions around me deciding what I wanted to do professionally or how I wanted the next evolution of myself to look. And I experienced it when I transitioned out of my family business uh, into more in the realm of training and fitness. That was a big kind of... Um, meeting myself in many regards, and then also stepping, I would say, out of fitness or transitioning from fitness to now the men's work. And what I noticed was there was parts of me that didn't feel either good enough, didn't feel that I deserved, uh, didn't feel that it was the right time. And so what I noticed in terms of how in that situation, the collapsing showed up was I would be deflated or I would deflate myself. I would dim my light down. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, one of the most helpful things, but it also took a tremendous amount of courage, was to give myself permission to dream. And the big shift for me, which was the, the pivotal moment or the transition, transitory moment to stepping into men's work more fully like we're doing right now, was me taking, I think it was about four days out in nature, camping away from Lauren, just by myself. And it was just like, four-ish days of... It was in Bonnie Dune in Santa Cruz, which beautiful place if anyone's ever been there. And I just basically sat, journaled, meditated. And I started just asking myself, like, what do I really want to do? 
Like if there was really nothing holding me back or I could really have anything that I wanted in the world, what do I really want? And it's a simple question, but it's also if you enter into it in the right mindset and from a heart open place, it fucking blew me open. (laughs) And the two things that came out of that trip was actually three things. One, wanting to learn the shamanic drum (laughs) and me never feeling like, what are you doing? You have no business playing uh, a native drum or like you're not musical. All these stories, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second thing was, as you know, wanting to learn Mongolian throat singing. (laughs) Another same stories. You're not musical. (laughs) What are you doing? I just love that. I've loved listening to Mongolian throat singing for years. And then the third thing was, actually supporting men in these containers. And I just like gave myself and created this space where I had enough time uninterrupted, free from distraction to go into those fears and just allow myself like, hey, what would it look like? What would the first step look like for me? Mm. And that's how I came across Yaakov Darling Khan and his drumming course. And then now the relationship we have and then him coming to the uh, virtually to the men of movement retreat. So for me when it came to reestablishing or, or reworking this relationship to discomfort, for me, it was creating a safe space where I could enter it in a more relaxed setting um, and where I could give myself permission and grace to, to collapse, to stay hard open, to collapse, to open, and just develop that whole experience. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at the time. I know we are trying to get these things uh, fired out. So as we close today's episode, uh, is there in addition that anything that you would like to add or one tip that you may have to close out today's, um, discussion? Yeah. Um, just to, to wrap up some things that we said, uh, breath, um, creating safety, getting grounded, um, though, and staying open. Uh, so noticing your body, noticing the sensations, putting your attention there, uh, that's going to give you a much better opportunity to create change. Because uh, I've noticed in my past that uh, the stories that hook me are are very strong. So when I use the body as a pattern disrupt to create new new way of being, it's a it's an easier process. It's like let the body follow the mind rather than the mind follow the body. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path, and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours.